Hey, when you look out your window at home, what kind of birds do you see? In Wellington, we're really lucky because all across the city, in different parts of the city, we have tui and kaka and my favorite, the piwakawaka or fantail. If you would love an excuse to sit outside and observe the birds in your garden, then the New Zealand Garden Bird Survey is on the 24th to the, of June to the 2nd of July, and it's a citizen science project to monitor common New Zealand birds. Joining us today on B-Side Stories is the survey's originator and organizer, Eric Spur from Landcare Research. Hi, Eric. Welcome to the show. Hi, Laura. Good to talk to you. Hey, uh, thanks, for, uh, thanks for ringing in. Uh, now, I just want to start with a really basic question. What's the purpose of the New Zealand Garden Bird Survey? Well, the main purpose is to monitor long-term trends in garden bird populations. Uh, we started it in 2007. Um, this is its 11th year. And I started it basically as a hobby project just before I retired. And as you said, it's a citizen science project which gives people in the community the opportunity to participate in research in their local area and take ownership of that research. So you said it was right before you retired. Are you retired now? Uh, yes, I've been retired for about 10 years. But you're still in charge of the survey? Yes, as I said, it's a hobby project. Um, and I'm sort of trying to give myself something to do in retirement, I suppose. <laughs> okay, cool. So why did you think it was important to count the common birds that we see in our backyard? Well, at the time, um, New Zealand didn't have a long-term monitoring program for common bird species. We knew that rare species such as kiwi and kakapo had been declining, and that's as a result of habitat loss and introduced predators, for example. Mm -hmm. But we didn't know what was happening with the more common, currently more common species, such as tui and fantail or piwakawaka. Yeah. They're species that we generally see every day, and they regularly occur in our gardens, and we're generally not concerned about them. But they could become scarce in the future, and we definitely don't want to see them get into the same situation as kiwi and kakapo. Yeah, that's right. I mean, the survey also counts, like, I don't know, sparrows and blackbirds, really common birds like that. Does, does the presence of those kind of birds tell us anything either? Well, I think um, all birds give us um, some measure of habitat health. So, yes, it's important to count all birds, not just the native species. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Okay, so it's been going on since 2007. Uh, how, how big is the survey now uh, compared to when it started out? Well, it's, it's a nationwide survey, and it's, it hasn't really grown too much. It's, it, the first couple of years, numbers were a bit lower, but on average about 3,500 people take part each year. Cool. And do those three and a half thousand participants teach us anything? Like, what have we learned so far? Well, there's a number of results come out of the survey to date. Um, I suppose I could start by saying 
um, what, what might be quite obvious, the most common species in our garden nationally is the house sparrow. Mm. And of course it's one of the most common birds worldwide. Um, that's followed by the silver eye in second place, which is um, a native species. Is and that then, right? That I always I always feel so special when I see a silver eye out at my parents' house because they don't hang around my house very much, but they're very common. Yes, they're the second most common in the country. Wow, cool. Or in our gardens, that is. Yep. And then the blackbird, mm-hmm. the starling, the miner, and tui's in um, sixth place. Ah, I see. And the waka waka is in seventh place. Oh, cool. That's my favorite, so I always like to check on the Piwaka Waka. Now, it must give you information that's different across the, across the nation as well, so you'll know what's common in different parts of New Zealand? Well, definitely. There are, there are definitely regional differences. For mm-hmm. example, silver eye is the most, actually the most common species in Otago Gardens, with oh. the house parent second place down there. Wow. That's cool. And minor, um, which you won't have many of in Wellington, but they're the third most common in gardens in Auckland. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they don't occur at all in gardens in Otago because they don't occur in the South Island. Hmm. On the other hand, uh, bellbird is the fifth most common in Otago gardens, but Auckland has very few bellbirds. Yeah. And Wellington, I think, probably has about an average number. Do you see bellbirds? Uh, no. I, I, I don't think I've seen them around, but maybe I've heard them. Does that count? Uh, too right, yes. Yeah. Like, um, what else have we learned that's interesting? Well, another one of the results is differences between urban and rural gardens. Sure. Um, Rural gardens tend to have a, a greater variety of bird species and higher numbers of most species. And that could be partly because we don't have a lot of detailed information on this, but rural gardens are probably a bit larger than urban gardens and they've probably got a greater diversity of habitat like farmland or forest around them. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense to me that it seems like the further out in the country you live, the more bird life you might have around? Yes. Uh, and then another result is that, and perhaps not surprisingly, there are more birds of most species in gardens where people put out supplementary food, such as bread, seeds, fruit and sugar water. Yeah. And that's not surprising either, is it? No, but is that, does, like... Are you still a, a representative of land care research in your capacity as the as the survey organizer? Um, yes, well, I'm a I'm a research associate of land care research. Mm-hmm. So do you do you take a view or a standpoint on whether you should be throwing out bread in your garden to like get a really high bird count? <laughs> um, that's a, quite a controversial topic. Um, there are some people. Um, very opposed to putting bread out for birds, and other people um, don't see too much wrong with it. I guess I sit on the fence a little bit. Uh, I think a little bit of bread isn't going to hurt birds, mm-hmm. um, but you wouldn't want to overfeed them bread. No, that's right. Uh, 
Okay, Is it, are there any other interesting findings about uh, maybe what I might see in the city, maybe in Wellington? In, in the city? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, as I said, there's there's differences between urban and rural gardens. Yeah. But most birds occur in urban gardens in one form or another. Um, <clears throat> then you've got the Salandia Reserve in Wellington, and you get... Um, some of the rare species from that are uh, flying out and into gardens in Wellington. Yeah, I w- I really enjoy seeing those birds that overflow from the sanctuary there. Um, do you have a view on whether we could do more in our cities to get the more diverse and um, higher numbers of of bird life that they enjoy in in rural settings? Well, a number of um, Towns and cities are implementing um, vegetation replanting programs to try and attract birds. They're also carrying out predator control programs. Uh, Wellington's one of the cities where you've got a predator-free fenced area, mm-hmm. but a number of areas do do predator control, get trying to um, get rid of stoats and rats and possums and other predators that. Um, bird numbers. Mm-hmm. And can the survey tell us whether those kinds of measures work well? Um, well, yes, um, potentially they can. I mean, last year we, we completed um, 10 years of the survey. Yeah. And in fact, tomorrow, Landcare Research will be officially release, releasing results of, of those 10, year, 10 years results. Right. Um, I could give you a little preview tonight. Ooh, yeah, okay. We got the we got the inside scoop on B side stories. <laughs> T- tell me a little about it. Um, well, uh, early indications are that a number of species have declined over the last ten years. Mm. Uh, the most spectacular decline has been for the silver eye, our most common native bird in our garden, mm-hmm. and that appears to have declined by about 44% nationally, which is a big decline. Mm. Now, the survey is not designed to determine the causes of changes like that, but we can perhaps speculate um, one possible cause is that winter temperatures have been increasing over the last 10 years, um, and possible that, uh, well, we know that we get fewer silver eyes in our gardens in mild winters than in cold winters, and that's possibly uh, because there's more food available in the wider countryside in mild winters. Yeah. So birds don't need to come into our gardens in search of food as much as they do in cold winters. Yeah. Okay. That's sort of supported by... um, you know, some some of our survey participants have made comments like, "No snow on the hills, no silver eyes in the garden." Hmm. Okay, so uh, we don't know that it means that that they're um, in decline for their population. We just don't see them as much in our garden. So yes, that's that's the result you have to take out of that. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. we don't have a measure of trends of bird numbers in farmland or forests. 
So yeah. um, we don't know. We can't say that the silver eye population has declined overall. All we can say is that fewer are coming into our gardens, yeah. um, possibly as a result of um, warming winters. Sure. Okay, so it sounds like if we want to see our favorite native birds, we might have to actually go for a walk in the bush. We might have to. <laughs> okay. Uh, now, the, the good news is that um, tui counts yeah. uh, appear to have increased by about 14% nationally. Oh, great. Now, this is uh, encouraging because it suggests that, as we said before, local habitat restoration efforts such as replanting native vegetation and predator control are starting to pay dividends and Zealandia is a good example of where both of those things are happening really and you're getting birds like Tui and Piwaka Waka and Kaka and other birds flying out of the predator-proof fenced area into surrounding gardens. Yeah, excellent news. I know I see them in, in Wellington often so... Um, yes, yes. Glad to hear that they're on the rise nationwide. So um, details of other changes will be in the, the reports that will be released tomorrow mm-hmm. and um, encourage people to to uh, look them up and find out what's been going on. Yeah, yeah. And then we'll have a chance to look in our own gardens soon for, the, uh, for this year's uh, Garden Bird Survey. Yes, the survey, as you said, starts uh, this Saturday, the 24th of June, and runs through till the following, uh, to the Sunday of the week later. Um, so people just need to select one day within that period of time and look for birds for one hour in their garden. And for each species, record the highest number they see or hear at one time. So you don't add the birds up uh, if a blackbird comes and goes from the garden. Um, you don't add each visit. You just If there's just one blackbird there at any one time, you only record one blackbird. Sure. And then if uh, three blackbirds show up at once, you just report three as the total. That's right, exactly, yes. Okay, cool, cool. Now... That sounds simple enough as far as recording, but what if I'm not very good at bird names and I might only be able to say that that's a brown one? Uh, Is there anything to help me out? Um, The the website, the Garden Bird Survey website, has um, lots of pictures of birds. The survey form has pictures of birds to help people identify them. And one of the things to remember is that some species have differences between males and females. For example, the, the male blackbird has got a bright orange bill. It's a black bird with a bright orange bill, whereas the female blackbird is, is quite a browny colour. Mm-hmm. And then the house sparrow, the male, has a, a black bib, but the female doesn't. It's more of a, just a general browny colour. So you need to be aware of um, differences between the sexes of these species too. And guides to those are on the website. Cool. Yes, I had a look at the little pictures that are available, and they're very, very helpful. Um, I immediately started identifying the birds that I saw when I went outside on my lunch break. So it's quite fun. 
How about if I live in a like in an inner city apartment or something? Can I still participate in the garden bird survey? Yes, definitely. Um, most people will be able to um, if they, if you don't have a a garden, you you look out your uh, apartment window, you'll see some trees, even even streets, you'll see sparrows hopping around on the street below. Or, mm-hmm. um, so yes, you can definitely do a survey from. A, a city apartment. Cool. Uh, and if I um, if I live in a house with my flatmate, can we like do it together? If we go out and and look at the backyard for an hour, can we report the same birds, or should we try to split it up? Um, no, you're best to just do one survey for the property. Um, you can do it together and put in one one return each. Some people. Got it. Do it with their children. They get their children to help them or their grandchildren to help them. Cool. Um, so it can be a family affair or you can do it with a friend. Ah, cool. Fantastic. And if I um, look out my uh, window or sit on my back porch for an hour and I only see one measly sparrow, should I even bother sending sending it in as a result? Oh, yes, please, definitely. Even if you see no birds, um it's worth putting that return in because that's what you saw. Um, and every year there's probably one or two people get no birds, but, but mostly, you know, people get, um, well, sometimes people get, I think the, the highest cow we've had has been something like four or 500 silver eyes and four or 500 house sparrows. <laughs> four or five hundred? I mean, so people that are putting out food for them. And oh, getting just like, getting like flocks. Big flocks coming in to feed on um, bread or grain or in the case of silver eyes, they're feeding on sugar water. Mm, mm-hmm. But most people don't get those sort of numbers, but yes, you can get quite large numbers if you do feed birds. Cool. Well, I hope, I'm really glad to hear that um, almost everyone in New Zealand can go outside in their backyard and see some birds, uh, regardless of where they are, in the city or not. Yes, and one of the, you know, one of the interesting comments I've had over the years uh, of people who have done the survey, they say it wasn't until they went out and, and watched birds for an hour in their garden and they didn't realise how many different species they had in their garden and the sort of numbers they had, so they were thrilled to have done the survey. Yeah, that sounds like such a cool way of um, getting people to notice things that they might not otherwise. Or maybe it they... It all helps uh, us build up a, a picture of the bird populations and bird population trends in our gardens. Yeah, oh, completely. And also, um, I might find a few birds that I um, I learned the names of that I didn't know that, that I didn't know their names before. So that would be helpful for me. Yes. Cool. I love the idea of spending an hour outside and helping science. So uh, I've, I'm very much looking forward to the New Zealand Garden Bird Survey. Yes, you don't have to be outside. Of course, you can look through your living room window or any window in the house and do it from inside if the weather's not not too, too warm. Okay, good thinking because we have got a storm coming later this week. Mm. <laughs> okay, Eric, uh, Eric Spur from Landcare Research, thank you very much for talking to us about the New Zealand Garden Bird Survey. Well, thank you.